In the run-up to Christmas, shops are bursting at the seams with delicious treats, appealing platters and indulgent morsels, which can make sticking to a healthy diet rather unlikely. And food consumption has consequences for our waste in more ways than one. According to the Food and Agricultural Organization of the UN, over a third of all food made globally each year goes unused. That's around 1.3 billion tonnes. But could adhering to a healthier diet in the food we do eat make a difference to the environment? Paul Behrens and colleagues from Leiden University in the Netherlands have set out to answer this question, and I've been finding out how. Right after making lunch. I'm making a vegetable stir-fry, which I think is a pretty good meal, really. The miniature packet of popcorn that I ate whilst waiting for my dinner to be cooked might detract from the health benefits. So is healthy eating good for the planet, as well as for me? Paul Behrens. What we wanted to look at was, is it possible that the nationally recommended diets, along with being better for your health, are actually better for the environment too? So what exactly is a nationally recommended diet? These are the eating guidelines laid down by each country, for example in the UK, by the NHS. This consists of 2,500 calories a day for men and 2,000 for women. Compared to the average intake in the UK, Paul says we should be eating generally less meat, less dairy and more fruit and veg. But my cooking aside, it's not always easy to know what impact the food on your plate is having on the environment. Nothing's listed on the food itself, the packet, uh, so we don't often get much of an idea of the sort of environmental backgrounds of food. There are some uh, labelling uh, efforts. There are things like, uh, you know, sustainable fish labels and things, these sorts of things. But in terms of the actual full picture of environmental impacts, we don't typically have that on the labels themselves. Uh, the information that we do get on uh, the environment mostly comes from sort of, well, the media, third party sources, research, these sorts of angles. And I think what's quite interesting about what we tried to do is have a look at the nationally recommended diets as sort of a major way to inform people. Because although you might think, hey, you know, not many people actually follow these diets or pay attention to these diets, they actually do have a huge influence on other policies like healthy eating at school and things like this. If I build a policy like that, it's actually going to follow the nationally recommended diets. Paul and his colleagues looked at the nationally recommended diets for 37 countries. They then compared the recommended diets to the actual diets that the average person in each country is eating and using a sophisticated database, quantified the comparative environmental impacts of the actual eating habits compared to the recommended diet in terms of greenhouse gas emissions, water pollution and land use. If we look at the lower income nations, often you're wanting to encourage intake of protein uh, and change diets in that way. And you'd look at the higher income nations, you're wanting to reduce that intake because we've actually got more issues with things like obesity, diabetes, these sorts of issues than we do with undernourishment. So across the different guidelines, you can see these different impacts in the environment. We're probably further away from our nationally recommended diets than perhaps the lower income nations are away from theirs. And why is that? Perhaps unsurprisingly, Paul says it's because richer countries are, on average, eating too much overall, but also eating too many animal products and refined sugars. The increased environmental impacts of some poorer countries more closely following the nationally recommended diets is outweighed by the environmental benefits of richer countries sticking to a healthier diet. 
we still have reductions in uh, the impacts of all of the different environmental impacts that we looked at by everybody following these nationally recommended diets. In richer countries, it varies between uh, 12 to 23, 25%. Uh, and in poorer countries, there's an increase uh, of a few percent. What else then, besides eating more healthily, can we do to reduce these impacts? We can improve the productivity of our food systems. Uh, we can look at other ways in which to control certain pollutants. We could look at better control of wastes uh, on farms and the better applications of fertilizer, for example. Uh, in terms of land, we could look at higher intensity of uh, livestock rearing. High intensity livestock rearing will raise alarm bells for some. Many of us endeavour to buy free range meat, but this means more land given over to animal use. And as Paul says, this can present a problem. And so we have this trade-off between the same people who would want to consider the lifespan of the animal also with the environmental impacts. One thing's for sure is that if we can reduce these, the intake of meat like this, we will be making a difference. Food for thought there. Should we be swapping our Christmas turkey for a nut roast this year, perhaps? I was speaking to Paul Behrens from Leiden University, and the paper was published in PNAS.